Marcus, that I I tried surfing, bro. I was I was 12 years old. Uh, I got my first board. I'd been boogie boarding for a few years. I got my first board. I remember at Island Water Sports, it was a Fox Wave weapons, candy striped. It was awesome. There was a nice little swell, or for us in Florida, right, like two foot or whatever. We go over. My buddy lived right across from the street, Ranch Critchfield. We go across. We paddle out, and there was a little reef out there back then at Red Reef Park. And I never forget. I was paddling real hard on my first, you know, nice wave, and yeah. I drove that wave weapon right into the reef and got a big <laughs> ding on it. My very first paddle. <laughs> so that was my first experience of surfing. And I, I didn't start surfing until Hawaii. So when you went out, you didn't surf at all in buds. No. no. What did you? Hell yeah! You went into the water during buds when you didn't have to. Oh yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me, dude? <laughs> That's dumb. No, no. no. That's, that's just dumb. Well, listen, it stopped after when I was there. That's dumb. You know, like nine months. And then I was like, I don't <laughs> want to be in a water. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, surf PT. Oh, my we had, we had God. Surf PT. So, we, I, I mean, I had to learn how to do it. And, I, and then I, I re-enlisted on a surfboard. Did I tell you that? No way. Yeah, I did my first re-enlistment on a surfboard. You're kidding me. Yep. Yeah. You know, we're UDT frogmen, warriors right. from Nakoa Keikai, warriors <laughs> from the deep, baby. Uh, and um, that's our life out there. I mean, we live on an island, so, I mean, you have to embrace the the culture out there. So, it's uh, it it opens up a lot of a lot of that island lifestyle if you right. do that. Right, yeah, if, you, absolutely. if you come out and move out there and you're just like, I'm going to go to work, go back home. and then that's It's that, miserable. Man. Yeah, it's miserable. Yeah. You know, get island fever real bad. And I did, being a Texas boy. But then, you know, as you progress, you're there longer, the guys start hanging out. And that's what you do. I mean, you just go to the beach and hang out. Why not? It's best surfing in, in the, the world, world, in the world, right? In the world. So, uh, especially for PT. I mean, we, it, oh, it could, we could be swimming around the island. They're doing, you know, runs or something <laughs> like that. So I'm like PT, no, you know, surfing. Over. So I, is there like, is it on a? I imagine you like getting some big old like. 18 foot long board. Oh, the dog, dude. Yeah, you talking about the first one out there? I'm a big boy. I was real big. Dude, back then, you're so. like, what? I mean, you're probably like, I, you know, typical, 250 then? Yeah. Typical team guy was like, no, no, I want that short, the, the cool looking one. <laughs> the the five, thrust. Yeah. The, the five, eight thrust. Oh, yeah. The six, two kind of deal. Yeah. Like, give me that, give me that sucker, man. I don't want this big old man board. And like, trust me, you don't know. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm a Navy SEAL. You're a howling. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That came real apparent real fast, man. What I didn't know. And, you know we're watermen. Yeah, but living in the in in that barrel, man, whole different world. Yep, and a whole different power. And it to you. 
Do you remember? Just paddling out. And, I mean, just just to be a, a good surfer, you have to be in phenomenal shape. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's one of the most difficult physical regimens there is to, to paddling surf. paddling out, man. Paddling back and forth, finding the right spot in the lineup, timing the sets, paddling into the waves, if there, especially there's a ton of people in the water. I mean, there's a truckload oh, to dude. it. When was I got it. all right? So obviously, let's back it up a little bit. Coming from Texas, you know, and going into the water at yeah. Buds, what was that like, dude? Well, man, I didn't know that the Pacific Ocean never got warm. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. You know, it's Southern California. There's beautiful women running around in bikinis, tan bodies. That's why they're tan because no one's in the water. It's so damn cold. <laughs> Come to find out. <laughs> I do not like the cold water at all. I know Frogman does, right? That's that mess chief, man. He's just like, hey, cold, wet environment to uh, dry, wet environment. Yeah. Miserable all the time. It you is. don't really know what that means, right? And I remember my first time I, uh, so I, jo- I, I got a, I, I got medical in, right? And yep. found all the paperwork. And I, yep. before I even got my greens, I had dungarees on my first conditioning run. And I love that. Boondockers dungarees yeah. and that white t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I love The those. real boondocker, the denim ones. Oh, the, the, with the big and, old and, bell bottoms. And then uh, your whole, these Navy SEALs, you're part of the class. You're in the books. That's what I always, I was like, man, we're in the books kind of deal. And then you're waiting to hit the surf for the first time. Right. Can't wait. Yeah. Kind of excited about you're it. Like right? You're fired up. Sure. Yeah. So we're, we're running like, all right, start this run. Everybody get wet and sandy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm way out there, man. Just get as sandy as humanly possible. Yeah. Oh my God, I was bleeding so bad for those dunga jams, man. Those jammies. Oh. And about the, the, I don't know, the 37th time we hit the surf between, you know, it was PTR, so it was yeah. between the, the dive tower and the rocks. We'd already been in there 37 times. Right, you know, it was yeah. just torture. Oh, <laughs> the goon squad. I oh. I, First hey, one, first run. Oh, they'd start it where I was at, and then I don't know if you're a terrible runner like I am. No, but there's levels. Okay, there's levels. Of, I know you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. the A, B, and C goon squads. Well, I, <laughs> they, in my class too, man. I'd be like, hey boys, make sure you're ahead because they would cap it at me. Yeah, that was that's where you the, were the cutoff. That's where the goon started right there. <laughs> and then I'd have to graduate. Well, I used to get my ass handed to me because of bad runner anyway. So what? Who really suffered were the good runners when they would have to get have in that, to come back and yeah. pull you up. Yeah, and uh. I tell you what, man, that uh, that lost its uh, after doing them damn rabbit or mountain climbers and oh, rabbit chasers and, I, and monkey blankers yeah, and, and bend over or uh, the rocking chairs. Oh, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, I didn't want to get wet and sandy ever again. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first day. Well, all right, all right. So when, once you realize, wow, the Pacific, it, it's just cold. It is, and it ain't, and no matter what, right. it's always cold. But you know, in your head, they're like, this is, this, you know, you temper steel. You get it really, really cold, really hot, and you beat it. Beat it, yeah. And then um, it's the womb we come from. It's Amen. we're born from it, and we, we return to it. Amen. Man. And I, I, after a while, I started soaking that in, especially when we got to, I mean, we're the underwater Demolition, yeah, we exactly. are, the so, UDT, baby. The man, frogmen. And it's kind of one of those deals with, with the surfers who are really good at it. Once you realize that, that she owns you, Oh, Mama Ocean? Yeah. She, she, she owns everything. She'll humble your ass so fast. I mean, I... When just, was the first time in Bud you got truly humbled by Mama Ocean? Man, third phase. Our first swim. We couldn't get out. I think two of our swim pairs made it out, and we kept getting... <laughs> ro- my UDT uh, actuated. I, I had a I had file or a whittle to log. It had a DOR lever on it. Yeah. I had that in my, in my, in my deal. <laughs> you know, a little a- added... Incentive, yeah, get yeah. beat down by the instructor. Right, it's a right. good idea in the beginning. It's stupid. And yeah, I'll get some attention drawn on you, Latrell. Great. <laughs> but I mean, I, me and my and Tyler, I mean, washed ashore. I, I and I remember, warrant officer comes down there and goes, "Hey, oh, we're we're effing frogmen. We 
we get through the surf. You're and going we stayed out. out. Yeah. We stayed out there, man, until literally, I think the XO had to come down and tell him to quit doing that. To, uh, Putting them out. Yeah. Put you guys we had out. something else to go do. I think yeah. we had to go eat. You know, they yeah. had to feed us. Right. Luckily, right. luckily they have luckily to feed they had to feed us. So luckily. I, I got my education early, man. Yeah. And then when, when I got into recon, the, the probably the worst one, you, you take, take pool comp and the worst washing machine hit you ever had yeah. uh, uh, in Hawaii because the waves are so big. Yeah. Kind of point North Shore, man. We're doing those. We have to go in and out of the beach through there, and we're towing that ruck line <laughs> sixty feet, or depending on what the cycle's doing. So if you're if you don't measure your tether right, you your your pack is yeah, it's still in, no, your pack is still it's gonna drag you right under, dude. Just and back is <laughs> all the way where you came from, man. And when, by the time I got out of the water, I was a mile and a half down the beach, away from everybody else. I love it. And I mean, I just on my hands and knees going. Damn, mama, you know. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, dude, I love it. My Mine was like, because I, I thought I was a surfer. I grew up in South Florida. I surfed some big waves, you know, head high waves is huge for us. And and I got it there. And for me, my wake-up call was was Hell Week, dude. We had El Nino. Oh, yeah, it man. was 32-foot uh, Wednesday night, surf passage. They did it. Dude, it was a yard sale for like two miles. We had so many dudes quit that night. It oh, was when ridiculous. When all the team guys are standing up on the berms, oh, you, you know it's going to be bad. Oh, Especially when you're the first time out there, and I want you like, wow, all these team guys came to see us go through buds. <laughs> Maybe that happens all the time. No, it doesn't. <laughs> you're about to get your your lunch yeah. tossed, dude. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And I, I think one of the most humbling that we were we had dropped that we were I think we heloed out like 200 miles and we had jumped out. We had a zodiac out. Um, but didn't crank kind of yeah, deal. Yeah. We were doing a uh, recovery, cast recovery. Right, So right. we were out there for, I don't know how long, floating around. The water was purple. <laughs> it was, I mean, literally purple. And um, you see the uh, my, the mask coming at us. just comes out of the water. Yeah. And uh, my she was like, hey, man, you want to you wanna see something scary? I was like, always. You know, swim down about 20 feet, you know, turn around, see what's coming at us. So I did. And to see in that purple water, that huge oh, 500 wow. foot, 50, 12, 50 story uh, black, object coming at you man and you're in the middle of nothing of nothing and floating in it yeah yeah i mean it's the oddest feeling when you start to put it in that perspective yeah and then you you know how we recover so that that in itself first time you do it there's no easing into you throw you 200 miles out you're getting back in the sub or you're swimming yeah yeah yeah. there's no choice man <sighs> there's no choice so i mean that there are some things that we do in the teams that to, to teach us we just have to you got to throw us to the wolves, man. And and with right, the yeah. ocean, I believe it's yeah. the only way it happens, right? Ah, you can, right because it, oh man, sure, yeah, because because you know there is no there is no in between point with Mama Ocean, especially when she gets angry and she doesn't want you. And then if you're you know one little piece of gear ain't right and or whatever, man, your buoyancy ain't right. You're, you're you you got to understand if you do something in, in the water as a sport or as a job, you have to be on point every oh, second. every second you're in there. And, no, and, and no, no. Every time laps. you get out of her and get back, there's something else coming at you. That's new. That's always it's always brand new when you climb in That's there. That's what I love and about it's it. Unknown, right? You as soon as you go into water, close that canopy, and the blackness comes on, buddy. <laughs> well, one of the greatest things I do with all my coaching clients or or athletes I work with when you know they we always got to start with fear and where their true fears lie. So first thing I do, dude, is I take them to the beach and I, and we swim 100, 200, 300 meters offshore. Oh no, yeah. and just sit there. Even on like flat days, just sit there and just watch them process. Then as you know, big, bigger days, bigger days, bigger days. Now we're doing ocean swims. Now we're doing at night. Oh. And you just watch, man, how that process and what the ocean does to you, right? It, it changes your perspective. It has to change it. 
You know how I got over my fear going into the, under the water, not worried. Just every time I, got, I just didn't worry about it anymore. Is remember uh, during surf torture at yeah. night after Hell Week? Usually, I think it was when we get molested by the se- the, the fur seals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they grab a hold of you and they start twi- messing with you, and you once you accept the fact, man, it's if it's coming, it's coming. You ain't on the top of the food chain. Uh, nothing you can do. That's why no other fish seem to worry about anything. <laughs> it's coming down, right? Right, right, so, right, right. A couple of good. Hits from some animals in there. They're just like, Ooh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm minding my own business right here. I'm not even looking at you. I got on my attack board. Just yeah. leave me alone, man. Get those bioluminescence <laughs> swimming around me right oh. now. It's not even going to do a thing to me, dude. dude. Well, I, I tell you what, man. I, I mean, we could go on all day long, but let's get to a, a true waterman. Let's let's get to one of the greatest watermen who's ever lived, in my opinion. Now, this guy, I got to tell you, from early on when my first when I first started surfing, I've always looked up to this cat. I love the way he's focused. I love, you know, his big giant brass, you know, cojones. I love the way he's inventive and I love the way he talks about fitness and and his philosophy, man. Laird Hamilton, in my mind, is one of the greatest watermen who's ever lived. And and man, what a privilege to have him on, huh? Absolutely. You can't watch riding giants and not get fired up about big wave surfing. You can't follow. I mean, once you watch them guys do that, it's. You're, you're hooked. The so. guys oh, that oh. invented yeah, and service. So, yep. what do you say? Let's bring on one of the biggest, baddest, most awesome dudes out there in terms of surfing world, Mr. Laird Hamilton. All right, Marcus, and I told you this before, brother. I, Dude, so when I first paddled out in South Florida, I was 12 years old. And I'll never forget, man. I it was like the it was like my whole life changed in that moment about getting out. And there were these two two foot little knee slappers, but it didn't take long before all of a sudden I was the total grind buying all the OP and the the gotcha and the original Quicksilvers. But what it didn't take long whatsoever until I heard about this dude, Laird Hamilton, man. (laughs) And then as I grow older and came to appreciate the ocean, became a frog man, started working in the ocean you know, dabbled with what it meant to be a waterman, man, you really come to appreciate the magnitude of true mastery, right? And what we did. So bringing Laird on the show today for me is like a personal dream come true to get to interact with him. Plus, I love the man's energy. I love what he's doing. So ladies and gentlemen, Laird Hamilton. All right. Well, thank you. That that's uh, I don't know how to follow that up. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I'm for, I think I'm pretty blessed to, to be, you know, I always say that to have the wave be the backdrop, you know, that when, if you can just, when the ocean's the the thing and you're just there in it, you, you kind of have a tendency to just, you, you win at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, yeah. dude. Oh man, that's so cool. Well, well, so what we do, Laird, is when we get started, man, uh, we, we, we like to warm up like in anything, right? Good stretch routines, good work, warm ups for us and yeah. the teams before. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a little cognitive exercise here. And we call this the mad minute. Now, now, typically when you, you know, capture a guy downrange, or you snatch him, you, you give him a mad minute. Like what's he know? Are there threats right yeah. away? And to get rapid fire information. Well, we want to do that with you, but on some much different style uh, questions. So Marcus, go ahead, brother. Fire away, bro. All right, movie character you would play out in real life. Oh, uh, Gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, of course. <laughs> awesome. All right, what does your significant other call you? What does Gabby call you? Oh, lover. Hmm. That's cool. Lo- lover. 
All right, favorite thing to cook? Meat. <laughs> and, lots, and lots of it. Meat. We're going to get along famously. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I, so we recorded the show at Marcus's at his ranch, man. And and I'm trying to change my diet and a lot more greens in and all that stuff yeah. as I'm getting yeah, yeah. in my force. Well, we come out here and there's stacks of meat just <laughs> laying around all day, every day. And I'm just like, how do you do it? Brother? Anyways, so, all right, here you go. If uh, if there was any era in history that you could go back and live in for five years, what era would it be? Oh, it'd have to be knights and castles. Knights and castles. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. Right. That's super cool. All right, favorite superhero? Oh, Silver Surfer, buddy. Come on. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I asked this question to everybody, and I, I, I'm pretty... I'm pretty good at guessing who was going to, I knew it was coming down. If I got it written down right here, bam. <laughs> well, I mean, we've been, we've been surprised a lot, but that, that kind of makes yeah. sense right there. All right. All right. What is your power animal? <laughs> oh, killer whale. Nice. Nice. Orca. What was your favorite childhood injury? Oh, my favorite childhood injury. Ooh, that would be probably have to be my, uh, uh that was my almost unfavorite, but you know, big cuts, big, big stitched up cuts. I think I always liked that, you know, like a badge of honor. I got split my thigh open and I had a, you know, a bunch of stitches, big, big, actually my head, I got speared in the head and I had like 130 stitches in my head. That was pretty, that was kind of Franken, Frankensteinish. And, and uh, when you shave, whenever you shave your head after it and you like walk around and people think you had like a full frontal lobotomy, they're like, ah. That's it. the greatest. You know, to... I had a frontal lobotomy. <laughs> <laughs> when the guys that when they come on and they they're they're like, no, that's a good one though, but not the best one. This one was really good. My brother and I are the same way. Every time we, I, the first thing he asked me when I when I got back, he goes, "Do you have any facial scars? Are going to be really cool." <laughs> like, man, I got hit in the face, but I don't know if it's going. to We want this lightning bolt, this Josie Wales kind of looking there, right? <laughs> so that's awesome. Like, yeah, me- measure him up, brother. All right, all right. No, I need. I, I I dated a girl once that had a big scar, and she was super, con, uh, like super, you know, conscientious of it. She was. It was kind of like she was thought it was a negative thing. And I go, "Are you kidding? Scars are sexy. This means you lived. You know, Amen. you did something. You, Amen. You experienced that. something for sure." All right, last last question. What is your biggest failure in life? My biggest failure: not having enough time. Yeah. <laughs> totally we were talking about that earlier we we're, we talk about that all the time laird we just i mean when you become that slave of time and you can't stop and just float in that moment of being in the gap where everything is just right in the world and and you know we look back as young frogman we were talking about what was the greatest time in the teams for you and for me it was my my first platoon right where everything was brand new where all yep. you wanted to do was do 20-hour days, drink for four hours, get back up and do 20-hour days, and and just be a frogman. And, 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 you know, but not being able to live in that moment and really appreciate it as you're, as you're processing it. And, you know, I guess it's yeah, just well, age. And I, th- I think when you're young like that, too, you're still, you're still optimistic and you don't, I mean, it's like when you're, you know, you have that enthusiasm, you know, that's one thing we talk about, retain the youthful enthusiasm where you're excited, you're stoked, you're not disheartened or, or discouraged because of, you know, the problem is, is that you have experiences and then you get 
that those things begin to discourage you and you don't mm-hmm. you don't retain that optimism and i think it's that's probably the hardest thing to do it any time is to is to is to you know to retain that optimism that enthusiasm because that's what that's what gets you through the, all the low spots is that that you know you look at kid a kid and they're just they they believe in everything and they hope for everything and you get a little bit older and life's kind of hammered on you and you kind of just get disheartened and when you lose that you kind of lose that that's where you lose a lot of the zest for living well, I mean, that is the perfect, you know, uh, pretense for the, you know, what this show is all about. And, and I was sharing you before we got on, you know, our, our listeners are people that are out there around the world and, and they're looking for that thing, man, that spark yeah. that's going to help them retain that youthful exuberance. Right. So let's make the pivot, man. And, and if you could, would you please share with us and our listeners, man, what was your greatest never quit story ever? I mean, I've had a couple, you know, I've been lost at sea and I've been held, you know, I mean, some of them have been shorter periods of time when you're down at the bottom of the ocean and, you know, you just, it's dark and you're alone and you just wonder if you're, and there's no air, you know, always a factor. And then you're just wondering if you're going to, you know, if you're going to come back. I mean, I've, I've done some, some endurance things where, you know, you, where you paddle against the wind for 20 hours and those things are stretched out over time so you know there's different types of those moments and you know there's those intense condensed ones that Mm -hmm. last for seconds and then there's those other ones that are stretched out over you know days and and, and, you know and i don't know which ones are worse or better but they're each one's has its own you know its own uh lesson in it and and you know and it's it's you know the it's 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 those are the tests that make you who you are and you just have to you know, it, it, what is that old saying? You know, uh, when the times are tough, the tough get going. I mean, it's, you know, you just, that's when you, that's when you find out what you're made of. And, and, uh, and, and I don't think, I, I think you just don't ever give yourself an option to not continue, like not, not fight, not, I mean, our desire to live is so powerful. You know, people say, oh, if I ever got hurt, you know, and I couldn't do this and do that, I wouldn't want to live. And I, but you'd be surprised if you ever do get hurt, you, you want to live, believe me. Even Amen. If you just, I, finger wounds. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people say that just because they didn't want to get the injury itself. And then it, just the magnitude yeah. of the thought of that of being hurt like that. And it's it's true, man. Once you get there, it's... Yeah, but hold on. Hold on there, Troop. I mean, just just before we came on, we were having a chat. And we were talking about your your day. And, and, and when Nick Irving, who's a, a, a ranger sniper that went through a real harrowing experience and... You know, there are those moments where that little negative speak creeps in and and and, and seeds Absolutely. that doubt. So when you were lost at sea, how did you fight that, Laird? Yeah, well, it's that's a tricky game, you know, that the, the fighting of the negative, you know, the guy with the horns tell, you know, you're not gonna make it, it's the end, blah, 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 all that stuff that your brain, those scenarios that your brain loves to run. I mean, it's obvious it's an obvious system that's in our in our you know in our mechanics it's it's there for a reason um you know i i don't know if it's there to build up the energy so we can continue on um to resist to to you know because we have a natural resistance of it and so it can't just be all flowers and positiveness (laughs) and you know you have to have that kind of the horn man come in and you know talk shit and you know i i mean 
you know that I rode this wave years ago that 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 was a, has a significance. But you know, I talk about the little battle between the good and evil, and the one side, you know, the guys going jump off, you're never going to make it, and the other side's going, hey, listen, you know, if you if you stay on, you you could make it, and don't you know, don't jump off until you get knocked off, and so. Uh, and for our I, listeners, I part of it. and for our listeners, what Larry's talking about is is back in a day when and you know in Tahiti and Tahipu opened up, he rode a wave which was considered by a, a lot of people out there that the heaviest wave ever ridden, and and, and what, I think what I, what always fascinates me and what you're talking about right now is that moment right in between where you make the decision, all right, I'm going, you know, and and yeah. it's look. It's important to understand that, that water is its own animal, its own life force, right? And that the unique thing about what he does and then being at SDVs, man, is every time you get in the water, you're up against a new competitor and you don't have any idea what kind of mood they're in, what they're capable of, what's, what the backstory is all about. So it's, you have to be honed in on yourself every, every second. You don't get a break. No, and I mean, so much respect that goes into just stepping into her and... and, and Kind of opening yourself up because you are not the top of the food chain and living in the world he did right there at the at the cusp and when earth meets water that's violent man that is really violent and you get trapped in that area you know just stand by yeah it's, it's the most on. humbling ass whipping you ever had in your entire life and there's not you can't argue man you try to argue you she'll drown you yeah she'll shut you up right she'll she'll come tumbling down in your and just cave you down and get that respect back and I would imagine when you're lost out there, because I, I, I've been, we've been out, been out there for hours and hours, but floating around, everything changes. Like I said, it's hot for, for a couple hours, then she'll freeze you at night. It becomes total darkness, man. She rips the light away from you, and then everything comes crawling around. It's just, it's a humbling thing to uh, to get over, man. So being lost out there, I can only, by yourself, I, could, awesome. I couldn't imagine, yeah. So, so Laird, when was the first time that you said, all right, this is the life I want. I, I, I want that youthful exuberance, but to take it to another level, right? To really push to see where your quitting point was and, and how far you could push it. You know, I, I think that, that it kind of, it was, it, it organically happened over time. I think I, I had, a, I mean, it's, I, I think it's, you guys can relate to the, this is, it, 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 it's, it's, you, you know, you can't make a, a chicken out of an eagle. You can only make a super chicken. So at the end, you got to start, you know, you got to start with, you got to start with the right, the right base and have the mentality. And I mean, the people that do the things you guys do, the thing, people that do the things I do, that these people are born this way. This is who they are. Now it's just a matter of if you have the training and the exposure and the experience and all of those things, but you have to start with the, with the nucleus. You have to start with that kind of the mentality. And then if you're fortunate enough to be able to be exposed to the environments that allow you or exposed to the training or the experience that allows you to evolve. Uh, but you know, he's like you, you, when you're a kid, you're a little daredevil, you'll jump off of anything. You'll, yeah. you know, you'll, you're, you're lucky to be alive when by the time you're, you know, 14, your mom's like, it's a miracle um, <laughs> you know, that you live that long and all that stuff, you know? So you, that's where you, you start with that stuff. And then, and then, and then you see if you get smart along the way. And if you don't, then maybe you're not here. And, uh, you know, always good to be lucky better than, you know, my friend says better lucky than good. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, 
So it's, it doesn't matter how good <laughs> Amen, you are, but luck is always, you know, a great thing. And 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 then and then looking at other people, you know, I got some guys I really look up to that that live in a certain way, and I admire them. And they're older guys, and I go, "What's their secret?" And when I look at every guy that that has kind of retained, you know, his passion as he gets older, that that's one of the key elements to 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 that longevity to, to, is that passion, that, that, that enthusiasm, they all have it. All the older guys that are still rolling, you know, they all have that kind of that enthusiasm. And so I go, well, that's one of the key elements is you, you need to be passionate in order to, to keep sustaining it. Otherwise, you know, if, if, you know, and then there's a famous stunt man said, you know, never let your memory memories be bigger than your dreams, (laughs) you know? And so, you know, you don't don't sit back and look back like, well, back in those days and this and that and, you know, live in the past. I mean, you always can reflect on it. But at the end, you know, you, you need to uh, you need to be aspiring and desiring to to continue on. And uh, and, uh, you know, and then that's but but mine started, you know, mine started young. I was a little daredevil from the beginning and and was, you know, and was fortunate to to have some sense enough to know when, you know, what the line was and, and start to learn and listen to, Hey, you know, gravity, but you know, once you get past a certain height, when you hit, you don't make it kind of thing. That kind of, you, know, you start, you start learning, you start learning and then, and then you start biting off bigger chunks and, and want more and, and, uh, you know, and then, and then there's an, you know, an old, another saying, you know, there's old pilots and bold pilots, but no old bold pilots. So you know, there's some, there's some stuff, there's some truisms, you know, out there that you live by that, that, uh, that are definitely, that are definitely continuous with all everybody who's in the you know, in these positions. Oh, they're timeless, man. That's why they're there. The, the, exactly. The, the depth in that little phrase. I mean, rut gets on me all the time because my grandfather <laughs> was huge on that. Right. And, and when you're younger and growing up, they drop those on you. And you're like, I don't even know what that means. Man, what, what does that even mean, man? And then it's funny because as time goes on, you get in those situations you're like, yep. Oh, yeah. You say them uh, all yeah. the time, dude. Uh, yeah, I, Half I, the time, I think you're taking like five different ones and mashing them together and well, making it work. Instead of getting this long debate about it, that <laughs> phrase sums up exactly what I wanted to say. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. All right. So one of the big things that we always talk about, and especially people that are athletes and operators and all that, a big component of our evolutionary process is the acceptance that pain is part of it. And that if you don't, if you don't, if you try and resist and you think you're going to become an expert where it's physical, mental, and, you know, just anguish, if that pain isn't a a real part and and an exciting and a driver, then you're done. So. How, how do you how do you teach people, Laird, that in in your world and and just through uh, you know life? Because I know you you do a lot of coaching and other things beyond just the water as well. How do you teach people to look forward to pain and accept it? What are the, what are some of the things you think about? Well, I mean, you know, it, it, what's interesting about about pain, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, and and if you look at if you look at in fact, everything in nature and, and everything in, in our, in our, uh, you know, our, our metabolic, our metabolic system, everything it kind of excels under stress. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just what, if you want to, you know, if you want to make a, a rose bush, uh, bloom, you prune it. And so, 
uh, <laughs> and a pruning probably doesn't feel too good because you're chopping off the leaves and 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 cutting the branches. But that's yep. you know that's the mentality that it takes. It's like, hey, you want to make muscles, you got to work out till you're sore, and then they grow. And you know, you want to you you want to uh, make your immune system stronger. You got to you know sit in this ice tub until you're you know uncomfortably. I mean, everything happens when we're at that you know, at the place where we can't either take it or we can't do it anymore. That's when all of the breakthroughs happen. You know, my friend started uh, this health club chain years ago and, and his, and he knew the guy that started Nautilus equipment. Mm -hmm. So they came in and he wanted to show him the Nautilus machines and the guy came in and the guy worked out until he threw up. And the guy says, yeah, look at how great these machines are. My friend looked at him and said, Hey, listen, if you lifted a sack of potatoes until you threw up, you'd get muscles and it, <laughs> So, you know, whoa, don't swing that common sense, man. There's no way around. And the fact is, is that if you're an athlete or an operator or anybody that's in the world, there's no such thing as 100%. You're never 100%. It's how you operate with these injuries, the, this pain, how well can you perform wounded is really your true essence. That's really. You, it's all I got. You're getting all I got. If I, I mean, my if it, call it what you want, hundred percent, man. And I, I talk about that too. My arm is cut off. I'm still going to give you everything I got, but minus, minus, the, minus arm. the arm. You know, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. Which it. listen, it's a for, life is a formulaic process, and it doesn't matter what you do and where you do it. It's all part. It, there's harmony amongst all of the philosophies and all of the the formulas in order to be. And if you want to be good at something, or you want to, you you know. The only way to be good at something is to put the hours in. And, and the fact is, you know, again, another saying, no pain, no gain. I mean, it's just, it, 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 you know, you're not going to get around it. I have a friend that really doesn't like pain and he's always wondering why he's plateaued. And I go, well, you know, you plateau because you don't embrace, you know, the, the discomfort. The, uh, discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. Embrace it. He lived there. You know, we have a saying, this is my house and this is where I live. And it doesn't. So, you know, and that means bruises, cut wounds, breaks, whatever you got. And I mean, listen, everybody has different pain thresholds, but we all feel it. And it's and and, you know, and deal with it. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. One of the things that I want to just backtrack a little bit. You talked about these early influences and then you talk about kind of the, the people you surround yourself. Obviously, you know, in our world, man, we call it the, the team's the brotherhood and that brotherhood. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was. I love that part too, man. Talk, yeah, yeah and, and that brotherhood is what feeds the drive, right? You see your buddy, yeah, oh, yeah. and they, they're stepping that out a little bit further. And then your other buddies, like, come on, man, what are you doing? I mean, that's are you giving it your all? And and we feed each other that ability to endure pain, but better yet, to really like you, you talked about to strive. Hey, where is that limit? Because I want to just bust right on through. So who are some of those oh, people? On top of the, we, yeah, go. the the guys who came before us. Amen. We keep them around and listen to their stories and take notes from them. And, and whether we listen to them, <laughs> we joke about that all the time. Yeah. I was like, put ear pro in while you're shooting his guns. You're going to be deaf like me. Whatever, old timer. Get out of my way. You don't know. That. And then, you know, now we're all deaf. <laughs> telling the younger guys that no one listens, but I, I had the advice. Thanks. But, uh. It, the important part of keeping them yeah. around and the, the crew that you run around with, the world you live in, man, is that it's, it's tight. It's tight. It's tight. I mean, you have to earn your stripes to be in it. And once you're in it, man, you got the respect of putting the work in. But that's great. How, how long did it take you to earn the respect of this 
epic crew that you're surrounded by. Well, first of all, I want to start out by saying, you know, you are the company you keep, right? Amen. So at the end of the day, you know, and, and that we are, we are, uh, by nature, uh, communal creatures. Yeah, we are creatures animals. that we need, we need that camaraderie. You know, you talk to athletes who don't play anymore. And the only thing they miss is they don't miss the fame and the screaming audiences. They miss their buddies. You know, they, I mean, listen in, in, in the, in the, in the ops, I mean, they, they use that, they use that system to make you know everybody hang in there because you're gonna be like hey i don't really want to be here but absolutely (laughs) that's so awesome man i'm just saying i'm not gonna leave my buddy behind i mean my you know i I, you you find i mean you've listen i i have some amazing people you know we have a saying you know people said oh you know give respect and i always say you know act respectfully and then get respected i mean there's a thing about how you you know how you how you conduct yourself and you know, I, I tell my wife I, about this thing called the honey line, which is, you know, if you find a bee, you follow a bee, you find another bee, and then you find a lot of bees, and eventually you find the hive, and that's where the honey is. And so when you have good people or the kind of like-minded people that you surround yourself, they usually attracts other people like that, and then you begin to build that that group of, you know, and a lot of the, the greatest things that, in fact, every, I would say all the greatest things I've, I've, I've accomplished have been through, uh, you know, uh, working together and, and having, you know, a partner or partners in a, in a mission and, and, you know, and pulling it off together, you know, cause there's two people working together is like, you know, five individuals separately. So, uh, but, but the group I have, you know, I, I think it's come over time, you know, it, 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 it's because, you know, you don't really know who your real friends are until you really get in a heavy situation. And mm. it's easy to say, you know, Hey, yeah, I'm your pal and we're bros and have a beer and hang out and all that. And then all of a sudden shit comes down and you turn around and you're like, well, where is my bro? That <laughs> where did he go? It? Yeah. Right? Guy, you know, and then some guy you don't even, you, some guy, you know, but never really hit it off with. You didn't have a lot in common with comes out of the woodwork and is there, you know, back to back with you laying his shit on the line for you. And then you're kind of like, wow, man, that, this guy's my pal in a real way, which, you know, which is what it's really about. So, you know, it has a tendency to weed out that, that process. We don't have that enough. I mean, in, 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 in our evolution, when we had to survive nature, we needed each other. And so we needed to know who, which, you know, who was good, who we could trust and rely on to lay their ass out for us because if we didn't know that, and I think we've lost a little bit of that skill. I mean, I mean, unless you're in your line of, of work or in situations that I, I get in now and then you, 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 you know, you don't get to know that in normal civilian living, uh, you know, until you get, you know, until a, somebody gets in front of a bus or something and somebody's got to, you know, jump in the way to get them out. But you know, that, that, again, I think that's part of that thing that people are born with. You know, these guys are like that are just the guys that help that jump in there that are willing to put their ass on the liners. They have they're born that way. That's just what they they automatically. It's hard to become that guy. That's just something that you're that you're predisposed to have. I, I believe, sure. you, know? And we, you know, we all gravitate, gravitate toward each other. Call yeah. it whatever you want. We, you know, we gravitate toward each well, other. It's the energy you feel yeah. off of somebody who's in that space, man. You know, when that switch flips and they're thinking clearly they're not looking at it like oh i'm turning and going the other way they're like hey man you're here i'm here let's 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 lock arms and go into this thing together like it has to be tested and you can tell it's kind of going away if you watch the news not to bring that up but 
when, like when the gunfire and everybody's just running the opposite direction, people who love each other have gunfire around us and yeah. whatever it is in your crew, man, we all look to where it's coming from. And then you stick around yeah. cause you got, you know, you love these guys, man. You've been through hell together. Well, my favorite thing, cause I like, I, you know, I subscribe and follow surfer surfing, all those things. It's just passionate for, I, I wish I did it more, but I, I always love on, on those giant days when you guys are out there and when you drop in and the guys eat it and, you know, you see who's first on that throttle to get in there, right? Yeah. And, and, oh, yeah. and that's the dude is like, well, that just, holy that, that's cow, proof, that's man. The, that's the proof of what yeah. you've just been talking about. Absolutely. I mean, this dude's going in and down there. He's, he's, he's dying, man. All right, let's all die. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but here, you may not know this, but it's something that, interesting and you may you may but you know they when dolphins are surrounded in a net that actually dolphins have the ability to be under a col uh, collective consciousness which no. means that they're as one it they're they're all in a pod together they're under one kind of consciousness that they're at so they're just part of like they don't have individual individualism they're they're one so when the thing gets surrounded that's why the guy doesn't just jump out of the net when they could they all stay together and get get whacked and i think that i think we had i think in our past we probably had some of that we had some of that ability and we still are able to that that's what team sports are that's what the ops are that's what these situations that when you get together you kind of can get in almost a, a collective consciousness mobility a, a position when you're you don't even have to tell your buddy anything he doesn't say anything everybody's just doing what they're supposed to be doing kind of as one unit and i it's a pretty interesting phenomenon but the uh but dolphins are you know they live in that state they can do that uh freely they, free, they, are, yeah. they can do that all the time that, so. that 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 objective consciousness that you know that activation that pineal gland just firing off yeah. man and, and and well once it what's really interesting to me though is is you know and i, I i'm a big fan of yours and follow your philosophies and really dig it and then try to do that some aspects of it and what i do as well too and you know, is but when when did you when did the real shift happen for you where you're like, man, there's some a lot deeper stuff going on. It's not just me getting fired up, dropping in and being out there and 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 trying to tame mama, but it's there's more to that. It's it's the spiritual awakening that's happening. When did you like did the light bulb go on for you, or like you said, was it gradual? You know, I mean, I, I think I've had a few light switch moments, you know, I think they, but, but the accumulation of those things, I think, you know, I mean, obviously family, uh, you know, children, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> life-threatening experiences, um, you know, stuff like that where you, where, you know, where I think a combination of all of those things kind of, you know, and, 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 and the fact is, is that when you're, you know, when you have a relationship uh, with the ocean, like, like I have and have had, uh, I, I think that there's a spiritual aspect to it because like we talked about earlier, you know, you're just your, your finiteness, you right. know, you're, you're insignificant. You're just a grain of sand in a, in a, in a, in a universe of beaches. I mean, it's like, you're nothing. And so when you come at things from that kind of humility, you know, that you, that, that humble position kind of brings you into, into a, a, a more, spiritual outlook i just i just I, I think it's a natural um occurrence that that you know that i mean i don't i don't know anybody that's that that is spiritual and uh, that isn't humble yeah <laughs> right know. absolutely is the 
pride isn't of the spirit, you know, it's, uh, it, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's the ego. Yeah. And so, um, but you know, I mean, of course you got to have, you got to believe in yourself and all those things, but, but, um, I think it's a common, it's been, you know, over the years. I mean, I, I, you know, I, like I said, you know, we, I, I was lost at sea and I remember, you know, asking God, you know, to, to, you know, I promised I'd turn from my, you know, my sinful ways if he just got me back to land. But, you know, you know, but you get right back and you forget about it all. And you go right back. To the <laughs> <laughs> you know, promises, you know, those idle threats. But but over the years, you know, I think it, I, I think it comes with with time. You know, I really appreciate what you guys were talking about, about looking up to your elders. I think it's something that we've really lost in our Western culture. I think we really. Uh, it, it, it's something that looking up to elders and, 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 and learning from our elders. And, you know, I mean, again, it, you know, it's hard to, if an el if an elder's not acting respectfully, then it's hard to respect them. But, but again, I, you know, learning from our elders and, 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 ha and, and having respect for them, I think that's a, a critical part of, of you becoming kind of more spiritual and maybe somebody that people can look up to as well. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I, I, you know, for me, my big spirituality, my big shift in that focus and understanding that, you know, you, you what you give is what you get, so to speak. And, and if you can find someone else who's willing to give as much as you are and you connect that up, man, you're doing great was through my children. Right. And, and, yeah, oh, and, yeah. and, and that first time I hold, held my oldest daughter and realized, man, I don't know what the hell I'm doing and holy cow, I, there's no manual in the SEAL teams for raising a little girl in South Florida. And I, I freaked out, man. <laughs> I had this big burly beard. I just got back from overseas. And, and and I was just like, holy, I don't, this is crazy, man. And I started praying right then and there. And I was like, man, oh, yeah. I got to get well, this Well, that'll down. bring you to your knees. That'll bring you to your knees. Being a, you know, the, I never felt vulnerability in my life until I had children. Oh. I mean, at the end, you know. You don't even know what being vulnerable is until you have something, that little precious thing that, that, you know, that, that you're not, it's not you. You don't, I mean, listen, Hey, hurt me, you know, stab me, beat me, whatever. I mean, it just doesn't, you know, and even with your wife and, and it's not the same as it is with the child. I mean, you know, you love your wife and you never want anything to happen to her, but when your wife gets in the car and drives away every, you don't think every single time she drives out, like, I hope something doesn't happen to the thing and da, 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 what's going to happen <laughs> to the thing. All those scenarios that you run yep. when you're thinking about your children, you know, I have a, a, a funny thing that you might appreciate, which is, you know, I tell I tell people, I go, listen, being a parent is like making a samurai sword. Cool. I go, it, you take the steel you heat it up, you beat it with a hammer and you stick it nice. And then you do it over and over and over and over. And eventually it's the strongest steel in the world. And I go, your, your kids take you, they heat you up, they beat you and they stick you in ice and they do it over and over. And eventually you're an adult, like, and parenting is really a, for <laughs> yeah. our growth. And that's why it's called parenting. It's not called kidding. It would be <laughs> called kidding for them. As long as we feed them and love them, they're good. They're yeah. going to grow and they got all kind of action, but it's really our, our growth, our spiritual growth, our evolution in, in, you know, being a, a human, like to go to a, the other, the next level of our, of our, you know, of our growth. And, and, you know, I mean, at least for me, it, it's been that way. And, you know, as selfish as I am, uh, you know, the, the, the kids are, you know, my daughters, my, I mean, I just, you know, it's like, and they can just, they Mel. wrap me around my they wrap me around their finger and, you know, order me 
me what to do and I'm just I I run. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, yeah. dude. I Daughter, love it. The daughters, man. Yeah, the daughters. All right. All right. So what what's interesting, like we'll, we'll shift a little bit over is you know, when we talk about these really massive concepts of, of higher level thinking, spirituality, the connection to pain and the forging process and character and, and that true love of, of the innocent and, that, and what you say, that perpetual childlike nature to be excited and passionate. You know, we, a lot, so many people have the wrong impression that if, if you live in that space, you got to be weak. And what I love about you and I love about Marcus and, uh, you know, these other people that we bring on who talk about this stuff. Man, it's intense. And you deliver an intensity. I'm sure people have told you, you, you know, you, you get pretty fired up, bro. I like when your little neck vein starts jacking out. Oh, yeah. And, and But you're talking about things that are incredibly, you know, existential, if you will. And 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 is 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 it a balance? Do you – do because you, I know you're into meditation and all those things. So is that – Kind of, do you do both? Do you have to do both, or do you live in an upper level plane of of intensity? Um, I live in. I mean, I live in a pretty intense level in general. Just my, I'm pretty wound, but but yeah, I'm looking for the balance always. I mean, you know, for me, you know, the best healers are the best wounders. You know, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know. The, knee, the, the the toughest guys are the sweetest guys. I mean, they're just the sweeties. All the guys that I know that are the toughest guys are sweethearts. And they're always looking. The last thing they want to do is go there. But if we finally do arrive at that place, then they might <laughs> just go further than ever, anybody else is ready to go. And so that's why they're going the other way. And so it's, it, you know, and I think people misconstrue, you know, people walking around acting tough is really what tough is. Exactly. And, and what what is strong and what is you know and and in a way uh you know you know uh, that old thing running from a fight that takes a lot more strength to say hey you know what i'm going to turn around and run yeah than i am going to just be prideful and walk right into fight like that just any child can do that and it takes real intelligence and it takes real balls and it takes a real man to say hey you know what i i'd rather I'm sorry, even if it's not my fault, I, I really don't want to go here because we know what the other place is and, yeah. and we all are too aware of it. We don't need to just go there and live there because that's that we don't, that's the spot you don't want to go. We, we're trying to avoid being there. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to yeah. avoid being there. So. And, and what's <laughs> interesting is, you know, you know, and every now and then I'll get to go out in public with Marcus and. You know, obviously, especially if we do something here in Texas, man, it's just mobbed. And and we were out the other night, and it's and it's wild, man. People like you see them setting them up because their impression of Marcus is that he you know, he's this cold blooded killer and all this stuff. And and then they come up and their hands are shaking. They're like, "Hey, Mr. Latrell, can I get a photo with you?" And he throws his big arm around him. He's like, or you know, he's like, "Oh, you're gonna get a photo with me." And you know, and 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 I'm sure you go through the same thing. People have this pre-existing uh expectation of what you're going to deliver and i and i bet the question is to both of you as when you see people in those vulnerable states i mean what is what 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 crosses your mind what do you want to teach them you know in that spot because that's really they're 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 figuring stuff out and they're being they're they're oh you know they're attracted to the mentalities that you guys deliver so laird what do you think about when those people come up to you in that moment well, I'm honored. 
I, I'm honored and I, I'm, I'm humbled by it. I'm thankful. Um, and, and I, and I also feel a responsibility if somebody looks up to me and part of my conduct in my life, I mean, a big part of the way I, why I live the way I do is, is because of my own, and I put this on myself, but I, I, I feel a certain responsibility if somebody looks up to me, uh, to, to conduct myself in a way, in a manner in which, um, they can, you know, be respect. I'm still a man. I'm still just a man, uh, uh, just a man, like, like any man. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, that, that it's, I always wanted to tell, let people know that they're, you know, just because I do something that I'm known for, doesn't mean that they're not equally as important and that, that they're, you know, that we're all equal before a wave is what I always say. That's the line That's I cool. have. I go, you know, everybody's equal before a wave and it doesn't matter who you are, or what you have or what you've done or any of that stuff. I go, we're just all, you know, just one. We're just a heart beating. <laughs> what about you, brother? Uh, uh, just most of the time, just humbled and just, I, I, I can't believe that someone would want to ask me for my autograph or for a picture <laughs> or take a picture. I mean, look yeah. at me. I'm I'm covered in tattoos. It's all my defeats in battle, right? And then uh, the, from the time I started, all my training, my whole life was in was designed for a certain reason. So my outward appearance had to be that way too, and the way I carried myself. And and yeah. people who say they uh, they're intimidated or afraid. Well, man, that's only the only people who should be intimidated or, fr- or afraid are the enemy. That that's it, right? But uh, yeah, I just you know, I'm humbled and and just can't believe it and i had a valuable lesson learned i had to learn it the hard way somebody always told me i got some great advice from some important people and uh you can't be in a good mood 24 7 all the time and i mean if with my you know the surgeries i was right, having the pain right. really, and one day someone's going to come up to you and just ask for a picture or something and or an autograph or just want to talk to you and they're your biggest fans man they know everything about you and their whole life revolved around just just want to say hello to you and you're just like hey you know good to see you and didn't make i didn't yeah. That happened to me. It did, right? Yeah, it happened to me. You know, I, I didn't. I wasn't rude. I was just. I was curt. You know, I was in in one of those modes. And yeah. I was kind of like, I took the picture and I was like, this, but he wanted to. You know, he wanted to ask me a question. And yeah. I, well, someone told me that, so I found him. You know, and just went through the whole numbers of just paying it back. But I always, when I That's get cool. up out of in a bed in the morning and we outside this gate, right? I just. I take all the training it took to be a Navy, uh, a frogman and do what I did and, and focus that into being a, uh, a good person. person. Right. Yeah, Cause I mean, it's cool. the minute somebody looks up to you for doing something, man, they're always looking up to you. Until you bring it down, which is right. And, and that's stroke. on you. You're the only one that can do that. And my father growing up, man, you know, discipline and respect. He gave me discipline every day in my life and that's how I got my respect. So the only time I'll lose my respect is when I lose my discipline and I don't lose that. That's cool. That's cool. Well, Laird, well, that's why I, that's, that's why I quit drinking. I, I was just tired of cheering myself. Say I, I was going to stop, and then the next day I drink, and then eventually I was like, you know what? My mom said to me once, "If you can't be true to yourself, then you can't be true to anyone." I love so. that. I love that <laughs> comment, man. There's no greater truth in that in the world. I believe it's and it's in when the you, world. And, and when you find that truth of who you are and who you want to be, yeah. that's where the whole world opens up to you opens right up. Uh, I love that, man. Thanks for saying that. Um, so to, one of the final things I, I want to say or ask you about is, you know, you, you obviously, I, I love that you're still searching. You do have that youthful exuberance. You still have that childlike, you're in that childlike state. Not that you're, 
you know, your innocence, you know, directs you, but more so the zest and the, you know, to live life to the fullest. What are some of the things that you take out from this incredible experience, the, the amount of time in the water, your loving family, your evolution spiritually, all that? What are some very definitive things that you can share? One or two or three, I don't know, you know, not that with our listeners that they can start today, Laird, that when they hear your voice and they hear these stories, what are those things that they can start thinking about, pull the trigger on and start going towards that never quit mindset? You know, I I mean, first of all, we're, we're, every one of us is, is nature, right? We're all nature. (laughs) Nature is us and we are it. And so to remember that you are part of this thing that we're in and that you and that you need that we need it we need that connection with it it's 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 something that is part of our part of who we are and how you get that is there's a thousand ways to skin a cat you know there's a thousand ways to 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 get into nature and and be harmonious but to because the appreciation for nature will help you with your appreciation for yourself yeah. At the end of the day, because if you're nature and you appreciate nature, then you have to appreciate yourself and what, how unique really that as insignificant as we are and as a grain of sand as we are is each uniquely individual yeah. and that we're, and that we're creations of nature, which is pretty incredible. So <laughs> it's, so I, you know, I, I, listen, and, and we're all in the same boat together too. You know, we're, we're in this same, we're in this same boat. You know, my friend said sometimes, you know, when somebody somebody does something really that just is just doesn't make any sense to you. And you look, you're looking, he says, look upon with curiosity and wonder, you know, yeah. look upon with curiosity and wonder. And so I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, uh, and, and lately my conscious, uh, I have a real conscious relationship with my breath, with breathing, wow. that air is, air is life. And that without our breath, we don't live. And, and every single function in our body occurs with oxygen. And so to really have conscious breath work in general, to, to breathe consciously, it's, it's, you know, it, it will, it'll affect your, your whole emotions. It'll affect your moods. It'll affect your, you know, I mean, you know, I do a lot of things to, to work on, on, on creating balance, you know, but nothing is can compare with breathing um you know maybe maybe ice intense ice and heat but but uh but but y'all you know we have to connect the the mind to the body too i think there's a separation i think we separate the two and that's a problem we kind of think oh yeah the brain and not but the stomach and the brain are talking to each other and if you don't nurture the system then the brain can't be fed and you know i watched uh the joint Congress one time when Obama gave a, uh, a speech, you know, in the, when he first went into office and I looked down and I, and I, and I'm like, wow, I can figure out why we have so many problems in our countries. We have all these unhealthy people running it. I go, well, you guys get healthy, eat some good food, run around a little bit, do some breathing and then come back and tell me that you guys won't all kind of agree on what the right thing to do is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> mandatory P- <laughs> mandatory PT for Congress and everybody in DC, man. And, and we would get Absolutely. things squared away. Absolutely. Oh, I love Absolutely. it. I love it, dude. Well, I, listen, I, you know, Laird, thank you uh, yeah, so man. much. Could you tell, awesome. could you tell our listeners where they can find you? 
what you got available for them, what they can, how they can tap into your energy and what you guys are doing? Yeah. Well, I got a couple cool things going. I got a, um, I've been involved in a few different projects. I like innovation. I like creativity because it's part of the way my, the way I, I what, what keeps me excited, you know? Uh, what did Thomas Edison say? All you need to be an inventor is an imagination and a pile of junk. Yeah. I have the junk. I don't know if I have the imagination, but <laughs> but uh, but I have uh, layered superfood um, is a is a some coffee stuff uh, products and some other like mushroom formulas, but just health and wellness like food stuff that with high density nutrients in it. That some products that are can be good for your stomach, which it can help for your brain. Um, some good brain stuff, and I have a film coming out actually. It's uh, premiering at Sundance called catch every wave awesome awesome so that's in january um that's going to be um coming out and then i i have an apparel line um layered apparel i have some stand-up equipment I, we actually uh created these golf boards um that that you play golf on these i love boards. those dude i actually saw the first one down <laughs> at, at at my parents golf course yeah, in in yeah. South Florida, and there was it was sitting out all, and then there was one right there. I almost jumped on that sucker and took yeah. off just because I've watched your videos and I yeah, love yeah, yeah. it. It's awesome. Man. <laughs> so, so we're doing so we got some good stuff in that in that arena right now. Um, the most recent thing that I have going on um, is called XPT Life, which is it, it's XPT stands for like X, exploration in performance training, but it's it's really lifestyle. And, uh, it's a program that we're putting on right now. We've done about almost 10 of them. Now I actually start one tomorrow where we take, um, people pay to come for three days and they spend three days with us. And we kind of run them through a gauntlet of different uh, breathing and mobility. And then we have guest speakers, some doctors that talk about, you know, uh, psychology of wellness and nutrition. And, and, uh, we do some, you know, different kind of fitness stuff, some, different programs. I got this pool training system and we do oh. ice and heat and we just run them through the, a mini little training gauntlet. And, uh, you know, at the end they're face down on the, on the dining table, but, sure. uh, but all scalable, all scalable stuff, all beautiful stuff. I actually have this, uh, I have a program, this pool training system that I did, uh, been developing that I, that's really going to be great for the frogmen. Um, as well, I have a, I've exposed some of them to it already, and I might come to the East Coast here and and uh, and and do some work with with some of your boys over there. Just this this uh, this system of working out in the water that I kind of organically came upon over. You know, we have this thing where you carry rocks yeah, on the bottom of the I ocean, so it kind of came out of that. But it's you know, it's it's uh, I avoid any of that any of that kind of free diving stuff where you're scrubbing CO two because. Obviously, you, you know, some of the boys have been lost because of yeah, that yeah. And, and we're losing free divers all the time. So I, I deal more, a little bit more on, on kind of high CO2 levels, high heart rates, and then that protects you actually. So you, so, um, we have some, but anyway, so there's a bunch of cool stuff on that, on that side on, there's an xptlife.com that has a bunch of workout and nutrition stuff and breathing stuff and, and, and kind of a whole kind of a holistic thing. I, I, I feel like that's a, a big push that I, you know, some of the things I take for granted that I've had in my life that just been, you know, because I've, I've been exposed to some really smart people and, and I, and I implement it and have enjoyed that the, the repercussions of that. I want to be able to share that with other people. So I look at that as a little bit of a responsibility and, and, you know, because we have 
some of the health issues. I mean, it's like we have a weird thing going on in the world right now where we have some of the most healthy people we've ever had, but then we have some of the most unhealthy right, people. Right, right. Yeah. It's like a, it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a strange dichotomy. And, you know, so I just feel like if we can kind of shed some light from the healthy people down to the unhealthy people, that maybe we can bring all, you know, bring the whole, the whole group up. And if, you know, if, if anything, just get some mental clarity, you know, yeah. feed your brain, feed the brain and make people feel better. Cause that's at the end, it, you know, I don't care if you got abs and all that shit. And if you can, what lift and this and this is, how do you feel like what's, you know, do you feel good? Because oh. that's a big part of it. Yeah, it's a big part of people are just they're they're just they don't feel good, and so it's hard to think good. If you don't feel good, it's like how are you going to think good and be positive if you feel like shit? And it some of it is as simple as just some breathing and some food and a couple other little tricks that you can implement. That I mean, there's no way around pain, as we know. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But 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 you know, it, 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 I I really think it's it's. It's something that it's some stuff that has to happen. And it's, you know, we can't have, you know, we can't be working out and breaking people. We're, people are already broken enough. We need to figure out Amen. how to kind of heal. Well, I mean, it's bad heal. enough being in pain. You know, you feel like shit and be in pain. Yeah. That's the double up. Right. Because those are different. Uh, absolutely. Are- well, I mean, it's the negative pain that we talk about. Well, you know, and, and, and what's, and just by altering, like you said, Larry, just those little bitty things, you, you switch the dial to that positive application of pain. And then it all. Oh my gosh! And then you, and then you're happy and you're smiling and good things start happening. Wow! What a what a what a whoa! What a trick! I mean, huge concept. Not, That's know, huge. Again, it's, it's, is it half empty or I half just full? discovered something? Like you decide, you make a decision. I mean, you know, listen. Good sh- bad shit happens to good people. We know that. Good shit happens to bad people. We know that. But the fact is, is that you know, if you have optimism and you have hope and you have Amen. and you're and you have positivity some stuff positive stuff happens it just it will it does and it's you know it's wake up and it's oh it's a beautiful day or wake up and it's a terrible day well if it's a terrible day then you know my wife has a saying if you have an ouch god will give you a hurt Hmm. so (laughs) if if you walk around going ouch then you might get yourself a hurt so uh you know take the other route (laughs) oh brother I, i gotta tell you man i have Loved having you on yeah. this show, man. That was great. You I got, love you guys. I, thank you so much, brother. God bless you I, and I your love family. You thank, thank you. Thank you for your for all of your everything you guys have done and been through. And I appreciate your your uh, your work, what you're doing to to make uh, you know to help people. It's 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 it, listen. It's what it's all about. You can do whatever you want, but if you can inspire one person in your whole life, if you can make a difference in one person's life then that's a life worth living. Otherwise, you know, What's just point? Yeah. don't even bother. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Take care, brother. Thanks, bro. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you. Bye, Mark. Bye, brother. See ya. Take care. For me, it's meeting another human being that's as stoked on life as I am. Spiritual. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I felt when he talks. He's gone and done the work. He's pushed his limits so far beyond anything he ever imagined as that kid going to Hawaii, right? You know, uh, the whole time, I'm glad you brought this up. So how far he has pushed that that side of it. And I was thinking about our experiences in the water and how far we, we had to push ourselves. So he's taking that spiritual aspect and the, the physical conditioning, everything to, to the max it could possibly go because of which part of the ocean he deals with. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you have to be like that just to. Well, think about John. I, 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 keep... I don't think you can understand it. Like some just understand how why you he has to be like that in order to survive in that in that arena. Well, that 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 one, you know, what's considered the heaviest wave ever written with him at Tehipu or Tehipu or I know a yeah, dragon yeah. arm on it. Oh, dude, and he's just and and but that's not. It's like he does that all the time. I mean, he drops in at a hundred foot jaws. He drops in at at at, at you know sixty foot Waimea. I mean, this is over and over and over and over and over for 40 years. And, and, and look, at, and what I love is, is what we always talk about, right, in SEAL training and, and, and the forging process, the pain, the, the training, the camaraderie. What you see here really is a master at his craft. And his craft is living healthy. His craft is the water. His craft is inspiring people to really go after it and to teach them that, Hey man, it's gonna be big and gnarly and heavy, but you can't quit. That's yeah. what's gonna make you hard. Oh, you almost have to take the whole craft part out. It's not a craft for him; it's life. Good point. Anytime he jerks back on any of the reins on that one, he'll die. You know, he'll wither. I would die, imagine yeah. the older you get too, and the, your body hanging up. That's then you're really relying on those skills that you've honed in. Oh, bro, because you he, can't wiggle your way out of it with muscle and, and grit. Sometimes, dude, he's fifty years old, man. That, really? Yeah. <laughs> you kidding? No, I'm not kidding, bro. That dude is, is yeah, not. We'll start surfing again. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying, man. Surfing's the surf. I've been telling myself for like two years, I've got to get back to surfing because when I get out there, man, all my worries go away. I'm connected to the ocean. Yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not that it, good, man. I spend oh. most of my time, it's a workout and getting my <laughs> stuff handed to me, <laughs> spitting sand. Well, dude, I, I just think it's it's one of those amazing opportunities that if, if you ever get a chance to just get out in the ocean, whether you're going for a swim, whether you are going to try surfing on a vacation, whether you're going diving, whatever it is, because Mother Ocean has an amazing way of, of teaching us things we don't know, already know about ourselves. If you hadn't been to a surfing competition or, or out to any of the, any of the islands, and actually, it's it's worth going to see them do that and it, it's, it's worth going just to feel that wave hit that beach yeah to understand what we're talking about because there's literally when when pipes hitting oh it knocks people down on the beach <laughs> I mean, the, the water just disappears right and yeah, then yeah. Here it comes back up and when it caves man it's just uh, it's just it, it's epic it is it's epic it makes you want to be like man i why did not I join the teams? I could have been a professional surfer. Sure. I mean, you're looking at guys, check this out. So this is the most uncontrollable force on the planet, water. And Absolutely. you're talking about guys who ride it. Well. Right. I mean, you look at Kelly Slater, dude. That dude is the greatest surfer in human history, right? Something like 12 titles. And, and the guy's 44, 45 years old, still tearing it up against guys half his age. And, 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 and he's able to do that from the lifeblood of what comes from the ocean, right? And his passion for this beautiful sport. That's what I heard with Laird talking. I hear the, the true purpose and calling in his life is to, is to be immersed in what the ocean gives him. And that, in my mind, is, is the never quit attitude. So if you've enjoyed the show, man, uh, you know, I would love it if you, if you went to iTunes and wrote a review for us. Or even if you just like the whole show, TNQ Podcast, no matter what, go to iTunes, write a review, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends, please. Share share our podcast with all your friends. Get them listening. 
Uh, we're so privileged to have been uh, nominated for one of the top podcasts of 2016 for our iTunes. Thank you for that. We appreciate it. Uh, and, 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 you know, listen, you have what it takes to get out there and become whatever you want to become. It's going to be hard. It's going to be gnarly. It's going to be scary. But guess what? If you just breathe and you take a breath and you get up off the couch and you go get invested in something bigger than yourself, you too are going to feel what Laird Hamilton is talking about. You too are going to feel what Marcus talks about, what I talk about. You too are going to ignite great stories and become a legend yourself. So I'd just like to first thank, man, Marcus, thank you, brother. Love doing the show with you. It's such a privilege. Wizard, thank you, brother. Love being with you. You know, Laird, thank you. Uh, All our listeners, thank you. I want to thank my girls. I want to thank Jesus. I want to thank God. Man, what a privilege to do this show all the time and to bring such wonderful positivity to so many people's lives. So I'm grateful for that. Thank you. Yeah, great show. Laird, thanks, buddy, again, man. That was, uh, I learned a lot, more than, than I thought I ever would. So thank you for coming on. Everybody who keeps coming back and listening to us, we can't thank y'all enough. Brett, you know, he he did a good job. I'd just like to reiterate the fact that, that uh, man, we really appreciate it. And to uh, to everybody uh, who always believed in me, and hey, thanks for the people who didn't. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I love the it. The ones who motivated me, telling me I'd be nothing. Oh, yeah. you, know, you try, just... You, gotta, you need that negative part just to kind of push Amen. the positive sometimes. So um, thank you all again. Uh, I'm out. I'm out.